Good morning. Good morning, Metro. Take somebody's hands today. Everything changes. Everything today. I kid you not. I'm not kidding. I mean, that's not just a statement. Today, everything changes in your life. So I can't, I can't labor you with everything God's been speaking, but I can give you enough for you to initiate that change today. And so I want you to go to God in the language that God's given you because I want him to open your eyes to see something. God's going to give you an incredible tool today that is going to literally change not only the atmosphere around your life, the condition of your life, the relationships around your life, and those of you who've been struggling, just putting up with the situation, and it hasn't broken for you yet, today it breaks. It breaks. Those of you that have, are so tired of going round and round and round and round, not making progress, not round and round like this, but round and round like this, God wants to reverse everything. Kind of like the water going down the drain. God wants to reverse it the other way. Now, what I didn't know, Chris, I didn't realize that he had, I had this tool in my hands for several years. And I would use it from time to time. But the Lord sent me a word that made me look at what he had given me differently. It was so important that it defined and gave definition to several circumstances, instant, instances, and even relationships that God has brought into my life and my wife brought into our lives in the, in the last few days and weeks. Today, we're going to celebrate maybe the most important meal you can eat. And if you don't know it, beloved, the Bible has a lot to say about what you eat. Ask the women who came on Friday night, they'll tell you, man. But the Bible has a lot to say about eating. And of all the things that we participate in together today, this meal has the power to change your life. If you have ears to hear, if you have a heart to receive, I'm asking you, Father, that you would now give this congregation, give this people, give them that understanding. Lord, I need you to help me to express it so they understand it. Thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy. Thank you for hearers that are ready to do. I praise you, Lord, for what you have done. I thank you, Lord. I'm looking at your blood streaming down your side. I'm looking at your blood flowing from your head and your hands, your back, your hands and your feet, from your legs where they whipped you and beat you. And as you paid the price for the lies and the curses, that have been upon your people, let the power of your blood break every one of them today. I thank you, I praise you. It's Jesus' name I pray, his name, amen. 
Keep those hands raised before the Lord. This is the moment of worship. I want you to worship God. Just thank him where you are. Thank God for this worship team that opens their heart before the Lord and helps us to worship. Our desire is to please you. To be more and more like you, Jesus, every day. I lift my hands, I say, I want to be more like you. Thank you, Lord. It was meant to kill us, but it's made me stronger. And you're working everything out for my good. And for their good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, if, if you've been given that language to worship and pray, would you use that language without fear, without shame, without any trepidation? Just raise. Raise it before the Lord God Almighty. Come on, now stretch your hands to the Lord and open up to him right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. God of heaven, release your anointing and power today. We declare that this day, heaven breaks and everything changes. Minister to the sons and daughters. In his mighty name I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on, tell the Father, I belong to you. I belong to you, Father. I belong to you. And the people of God said amen. Quickly take your seat and um, keep this in mind and stay in that same mind and same frame of worship. And you can stay there, sir, if you would. Thank you. I... Uh, For more than 40 years, for more than 40 years, a major part of the ministry God has given us is in ministering the sacraments. We call the sacraments, or it, it's translated a sacred moment. Traditionally in the church, there are several of these instances called sacraments that, that unfortunately the modern church, many times we've lost memory or recollection of them. There are sacred moments that the Holy Spirit has reserved for heaven to enter into earth. Those sacred moments that God has prescribed for us, it gives us opportunity to experience, to view, to participate in what eternity is all about. Sacred moments are those things that God gives us for the unknown to become known for the unseen to be seen. For the dimension of God's kingdom to come and invade your earth, your realm. So we actually begin to experience what it's like to be a part of the kingdom of God. 
one of those sacraments, the most important one, I believe, is the table of the Lord. We call it communion. Others of you, depending on your discipline, might call it the Eucharist. Eucharisteo is the Greek word that talks about the thanksgiving. It refers to Jesus taking the elements of the earth, raising them and giving thanks to them, blessing them, and causing heaven now to come into and upon everyone who eats them. Another sacred moment that some of you might know, not know about, and it's a very sacred one, sacrament, is the time of death. When a soul passes from this life into the next is a sacrament. And that's why you will see in history the priest or the minister, the pastor or the layperson standing over the bed praying for the passage of the person from this life to the next. Because it is a sacred moment. And there are many accounts of people that are on their deathbed who are, who are unconscious and right before they pass, eyes open and they see, they can't tell you what they're seeing, but you can tell they're seeing something. Carol and I have been witness to some of those moments with people who have passed during the years and we've been at their hospital bed. A sacred moment, death. Another sacred moment that you might not realize it is the moment that fetus breaks through to the open world from the mother's womb. Birth is a sacrament. Did you know that? It's one of the reasons why we dedicate babies. Wow. Another one is when a person passes from the old man to the new man. It's the new birth. Are you breathing? And we can see that most vividly when we baptize people. It's a sacred moment because heaven has an opportunity to manifest the power of God right here and right now. And for all y'all that are waiting for heaven, you know you're missing a lot. Jack, my neighbor said, God wants you to experience some of heaven right now. And so you know this story, so I'll rehearse it so you can have a new, new view of it. Because the Lord is about to fulfill his prophetic responsibility. The Lord is about to change all of time and eternity. In order for him to do that, he has to go through something unthinkable. And so after those three years of ministry, and working with his disciples. The Lord gathers them together for a meal. And Kenny, if you could put that, that chapter up there that talks about this meal. You know it, actually. You've seen it. Those of you that read the Bible. <laughs> there are several accounts of it, but Luke, I like Luke's rendition. I like Luke's portrayal and record of what happened when Jesus served this meal, even though they had this meal many, many times before. This time it changed. And the Bible says in verse 17 of chapter 22, it says in Luke 22:17, and when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it. Isn't that amazing? Take this and do what? What does it say? Shared where? 
Uh, this is something of community. And I'm going to just tell you, saints, I need to, I, I want you to understand it. One of my responsibilities is to get you out of rows and into circles. I mean, some of you are, are addicted to rows, row seating. We need it, it's good, but I, my responsibility is to get you out of the row into a circle because only in the circle can you experience. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, the Lord said, there I am. Only way you get to experience God's kingdom in heaven is in the circles of God's saints. That's why we have connection groups. And those of you that have been neglecting that have been neglecting what heaven wants you to experience. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. You know it now. You knows it now. Hurry, Flynn, hurry. So the Lord took this bread, he, he took this cup, and he gave thanks, and he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until, check this out, until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some of the bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Look at your neighbor and say, this was for you. And then he says something really powerful. Do this and remember me. I think that's as far as I want to go. At least we end up, I end up another 45 minutes. I don't want to do that. Okay, so when the Lord takes the bread, he said, this is my body, and he breaks it, he is prophetically demonstrating what's about to happen to him. And, he's, and then he says, when you do it, I want you to remember. In fact, it was to serve that act of broken bread, was to serve as the, to, to, to do something that all of us need, to remind us. He had this cup. This cup is the covenant, the new, uses the word, the new covenant in my blood. Now, you talk about intimacy, you can't get any closer to a person than getting in their bloodstream. Why? Because the bloodstream flows to every ounce of your body. The life of the body, by the scripture, the life of the body is in the blood. This is why when you go to a doctor, what does he do? First thing you do, listen, if they take your temperature, if they feel your pulse, hello? They can even take, a, take something from your saliva if they do that. And they don't take your blood, they don't know what's going on. They don't. I don't promise you, my doctor, he, he does tests that normal folk don't get. And I want to know. Some of y'all don't want to know. I want to know. Just, uh, just had an insurance exam uh, for insurance. And, you know, if, you're, if you are this far along in the journey and you, get an and you want to, you know, have insurance, well, you know, they don't charge you. So they don't, you know, companies, they don't want to give you that unless you're in good shape. They want you to live as long as you possibly can to pay as much money on that possible policy as long. Are, are you with me? So they gave me this exam, and after they got me this, after they gave me this exam, check it out. They said uh, they they uh, they came back, and the, and the insurance agent said, 
Man, are you some kind of Olympic athlete? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah, we, don't, we don't get this kind of report from folk your age. But I know who takes care of me. Did, say it again, babe. Oh, they don't know how old I am? Oh, shoot, I'm, I'm just getting started. Uh, uh, I turned 70 in last October. So, yeah, what, last October, last October, right? So some congregations that have passed that old say, well, he'd be gone soon. Don't count on it. <laughs> she said, um, roll your sleeve up. She got that long needle. I don't like to look at it. I don't want to turn my head. So I can just endure it. Hello, somebody. But you know she's going to take that, but then she leave that little thing in there, right? She leave it in there, and she take another, she screw another thing. That's the weirdest thing. And here come your, your blood. Just come, isn't it, don't you feel strange? It's not natural to see your own blood. If you see your own blood, something have happened. Something got to be dead. You're in trouble. She takes the blood, and they send it in for several kinds of tests because those tests are definitive. You cannot get any more intimate than your blood. It tells a story. Your history, excuse me, your blood has your history for generations. Your blood also will tell your future. Your blood will also tell your future. Your blood will tell your future. What, where, where you're headed. Do you know what they do now? They have such a diagnostic test that they can predict according to their circumstances. How much time you got? Oh, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Am I right, Denise? She's a phlebotomist. She, she deals with blood. She works, the hospital hired her to take folk blood. Now, she's not a vampire. She's a phlebotomist. Amen. Almost there. We got to do this thing. So he take, Jesus said, this is the, the new, this is the, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He has not given his blood yet. His body has not been broken open yet, but he's prophetically declaring what is about to happen. And he said to them, before it all happened, when you, he says, when you do this, from now on, when you do this, remember me. Everybody who understands anything about covenant it's the most sacred and solemn of agreements. The most sacred, solemn, serious agreements. A covenant is the most sacred, the most solemn, the most serious agreements. Unfortunately, in our nation, we're having, we're having, we're having major warfare over the most important covenant we can know other than ours with Jesus, and that covenant is called marriage. As I continue with this in my series, I'll open it up for you so you can understand biblically what it really means. For all of you that are married, it'll help strengthen your marriage. And all of you having difficulty in that marriage, it has the power to wipe that out and give you a purity and a newness in your covenant. Thank you, Jesus.
So the Lord says, take this, take this cup. I love what he says. It's only, how many cups are there? I'm asking you, how many cups are there in this passage? How do you know that? Because it uses the single pro, uh, pro what? This. Take this cup. Do this in in remembrance of me. And he said, share it among yourselves. So half of y'all would not have got the blessing because you ain't drinking from no cup that somebody else drank from. In fact, some of you are, some of you are such germophobics until, you know, you, when rich people reach out to shake your hand, you'll be thinking, I don't know where your hand's been. And Jesus said, take this cup and drink it. And we, we don't use common cup around here because, well, first of all, it, it, there's a law of the land that says if you use common cup, it must be wine. Or alcohol. I see you almost say, when we gonna get started? <laughs> I can see it. Ooh, really real the real ooh, Jesus. I got a couple of recommendations for you, Bishop, if you want me. <laughs> I can see your face and talk about, ooh, this the real thing. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> While I was taking communion in Europe at the World Charismatic Conference, the Catholics were doing the unthinkable. They were having communion, the most intimate relational, relational act. Having communion, Catholics were having communion with non-Catholic brothers. They were defying whatever authority. They were saying, his blood supersedes any other relationship that you might declare and brings everything together. Brings all cultures, races, genders, and there are only two. Look at your neighbor. There are only two genders. Would you be, tell your neighbor, please tell them there are only two genders. Look left. Look right. Say just two. The Bible only gives us two. I'm sorry. The Bible only gives us. Are you breathing? Okay. Everything else is an aberration. Sometimes a deformity. Check this out. Lord, help me here. I like talking to you so much, I just get to talking, forget me. So I got to stay focused. Look, so Jesus says, when, whenever, you, whenever you drink this, share it among yourselves. This is my blood. Poured out for you. Take this bread, break it, eat it. This is my body broken for you. Every time you do this, remember me. We're going to do that today. And beloved, for more than 2,000 years, the church of the Lord Jesus in whatever nation or country, whatever place in the world, has celebrated this meal. And some parts of the body of Christ have received more from it than others. Because whenever this meal becomes just a habit and a tradition, it, it, the, the power of it leaves. But whenever this meal is taken in the presence of the Holy Spirit, with the knowledge of the scripture, 
with a heart that loves him and appreciates what he did for us, power is released from it. Father, in Jesus' name, let that power be released today. For this bread, Father, we declare today as your body, which was broken and beaten, mangled for us. Your body that took every stripe for us. Your body that took every nail, every bit of disgrace, every bit of defilement, your body took it. Though you were innocent, you took it for us, in our stead. For the grace to believe that, let it be upon this people today. This cup is your blood, your eternal life force that you poured out for us. Thank you for being the Father's ram in the bush. Thank you for taking the knife for us. Thank you, Lord, that you emptied out so we could be filled up. You experienced death that we might indeed walk in life. All of our sicknesses and our pains were poured out on you so we might receive life and health and strength. Thank you, Lord, that you, you demonstrated forgiveness for us. Those of us that don't deserve it, Lord. For those that know they don't deserve it, may they receive forgiveness. May they step into restoration. Let sickness run from them. Let stubborn diseases dissolve by your blood. In Jesus' name, 